Welcome back to Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast. We're in week three of Lent, and our episode today is called Repentance, Cleaning Our Messy House. Let's listen now together to the Old Testament reading, the Psalm reading, and the Gospel reading from the Revised Common Lectionary, Cycle C. Lectionary readings for the third Sunday in Lent. Isaiah 55, verses 1 to 9. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you that have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear, and come to me. Listen, so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. See, you shall call nations that you do not know, and nations that do not know you shall run to you, because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways, and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord, that he may have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Psalm 63, verses 1 to 8. O God, you are my God. I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands and call on your name. My soul is satisfied as with a rich feast, and my mouth praises you with joyful lips. When I think of you on my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I sing for joy. My soul clings to you, your right hand upholds me. Luke 13, verses 1 to 9. At that very time, there were some present who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those eighteen who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them? Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? 
He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. Well, hello, friends. We are deep into the Lenten season, and if I was with you today, I'd want to ask you how your Lenten practices are going and whether or not your disciplines of abstinence or clearing out space for God, um, how, you're, how well you're staying in touch with your spiritual longings and allowing that to guide your choices this season, and how God is with you, how you're experiencing God to be with you intimately in your own wilderness experience. Today's scripture reading, and especially the gospel reading, seems a little bit harsh. It's all about repentance and perishing and the cutting down of trees. Um, But the good news in the gospel passage is that God is the good gardener. God is the one in this passage who has patience that if God continues to tend to us, that fruit will grow. God is the gardener who has hope that good will come if the right kind of care is given. And so uh, perhaps that can give us a sense of encouragement as we are deep into the Lenten season that God is the gardener of our own souls. And God has patience with us and God has good intentions for us to care for us so that we can bring forth good fruit um, in, in this particular season. Uh, the, the practice of repentance is one of those practices that is most closely associated with the Lenten season. And repentance is tough. I mean, we don't want to do repentance in any sort of a superficial way. Lent is a season for going deep and for looking at the many layers of our need for repentance. During Lent, we repent not only of our outward behaviors, but we also repent of some of the inner dynamics that that produce the bad behaviors. Perhaps as we fast from some of those surface distractions, those things that we usually allow to distract us, we're more in touch with the false self patterns that might have us in their grip. And the repentance opportunity also is a time of awakening, believe it or not. We are not only awakening to the goodness of God as the gardener of our souls, but we're also awakening to who we really are in the light of God's presence. And repentance at this stage has levels and layers. In fact, Dr. Bob Mulholland, who's one of our teachers in the Transforming Center, actually talks about levels and layers of our self-knowledge and repentance. And actually, there's a place in the spiritual journey called purgation, where there is a renunciation of all blatant inconsistencies with wholeness in Christ. But as the process wears on, we actually get in touch with some of the deeper dynamics of our sin patterns as well. We move beyond just looking at those blatant outward sins to those um, places where we are willful in our lives and just refusing to follow God as he is directing us. Um, sometimes it could be the invitation to love someone or the, the invitation to forgive or the invitation to be generous or the invitation to be truthful and to tell the truth. And we realize that um, underneath it all, we have deeper dynamics that prevent us from fully living into the process that God is calling us into. Um, purgation as a process in the spiritual life also probes the unconscious sins and omissions of our lives. Uh, those places where we know that there's good to be done and we could participate in the goodness of God's kingdom, but we actually refuse. And Paul says um, that when I want to do good, evil is close at hand and how difficult it is for us to even acknowledge 
the places where God is inviting us to be a force for good in the world, and somehow we still resist. And then finally, purgation deals with the deep-seated attitudes and inner orientations of our being, out of which our behavior patterns flow. Our, Our teacher, Bob Mulholland, says that here... Purgation essentially deals with our trust structures, and especially those deep inner postures of our being that do not rely on God, but on self for our well-being. And so in the Lenten season, we can go deeper and allow God to continue to strip the, uh, the layers of the onion, if you will, and to help us to see those deep inner postures that rely on ourselves rather than rely on God. And that really those are the things that we want to repent of, the very subtle places inside where we know that we are really relying on our own uh, false self-patterns rather than God's goodness in our lives, where we are not fully surrendered. And that's the kind of repentance that the Lenten season takes us into. And what keeps us faithful to this journey? You know, what keeps us faithful to the difficult journey of purgation and allowing God to to continue to strip the layers of our false self patterns so that we can truly and deeply repent? Well, it's this hope that there is something more in God, that as our souls thirst for God, as the psalmist talks about, as we continue to turn ourselves towards God and behold his power and glory, that we're able to let go of the ways in which we shore up our own selves. We're able to give ourselves more fully to the steadfast love of God. Uh, We begin to experience ourselves as being deeply satisfied spiritually rather than relying on all the things that we normally rely on to satisfy the emptiness we find ourselves experiencing deeper levels of satisfaction in God and with God as our souls continue to turn ourselves uh, towards Him. As we continue to cling to Him, God's right hand upholds us in the practice of our Lenten disciplines. Um, As we look at our lives more honestly in God's presence, God begins to show us things where we are in bondage and we are invited to let go and to experience the freedom that is ours in God. Sometimes there's a vague sense that something is not quite right in our attitudes and our behaviors. And during the Lenten season, because we've got a little bit of extra time and space for repentance, we actually face into those things and we find places of subtle resistance to doing something loving for another person. We find ourselves noticing not just angry outbursts, but a subtle kind of anger that's driving us in more subtle ways towards cynicism and disillusionment. Whatever we're willing to see, to be able to do it without rationalizing and to listen to our lives without defending and to be willing to name truth, which is really what repentance is. It's really the willingness to name the truth of our behaviors and also to name the truth of the deeper dynamics of our hearts that produce our bad behaviors, and then to go ahead and make our confession to the Lord and then to anyone else that we've harmed or hurt. This is the freedom. This is the journey of the Lenten season. There's a little story that uh, Kathleen Norris tells in her book, Amazing Grace, about a little boy who is writing a poem using the Psalms, and he writes a poem in called, in, uh, entitled The Monster Who Was Sorry. And he begins by admitting that he hates it when his father yells at him, and his response in the poem is to throw his sister down the stairs, then to wreck his room, and finally to wreck the whole town. And the poem concludes, then I sit in my messy house and I say to myself, I shouldn't have done all that. And Kathleen Norris draws attention to this little metaphor um, and 
talks about the fact that this little boy with more honesty than most adults could have mustered makes a metaphor for himself, a messy house that enables him to admit the depths of his rage, and it gives him a way out. So he's well on his way towards repentance because he's able to acknowledge his messy room and all the ways he wrecks his own life when he gets mad. And she asked the question, if the house is messy, why not clean it up? Why not make it into a place where God might wish to dwell? It's hard to admit that our house is messy, isn't it? Um, that we've done things to destroy our own house, our own inner life or relationships or whatever. It's hard to admit that our house has gotten messy. And it's hard to enter into the process of sweeping it clean. But here's an idea. What about if we move beyond words a little bit in this particular week of Lent and actually let ourselves draw our messy house? to set aside some time this week to review all the major components of your life in God's presence, your family life, your work, your church life, your friendships, your personal relationship with God, and to ask God to show you as you draw the parts of your house that are messy, um, where you need help with further transformation. I have confessed to the people in my life here and to my own husband that I have allowed a little bit more anger into my life and into my relationship with him than is good for us, that I have not been disciplined in the way that I've been living with him. And that's been an important place of acknowledging messiness in my own life and messiness um, in my own inner life, a lack of discipline in my inner life, but also a certain kind of messiness in my close relationship. And it's been important for me to acknowledge that and to have that be a place where I'm seeking to uh, clean up my messy house during this season. And it, it's, it feels like a deeply right and purifying thing to be doing. So I wonder if that might be an invitation for you as well to go ahead and do a little drawing. Let your body talk through drawing. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to show it to anyone. But draw the rooms in your house, draw the important aspects of your house. And in this exercise, allow God to show you where it's messy. And then to ask him what it would take for you to sweep that room clean and to get it cleared out for more space for God, more space for love, more space for Jesus to have freedom in your life. Because once the temple of our house is swept clean, it can become a good, quiet place for prayer again. So as we enter into another Ted Loder poem, this time from his book, My Heart is in My Mouth, um, I'll read the poem and then we'll have a quiet interlude of music and use it as a time for a little bit of drawing if, if you've set aside a time and a place and you're not driving in your car or anything like that. But set aside a little bit of space to do the drawing, to draw your house and to notice where the messy rooms are and to ask God to help you sweep them out so there's more room for his goodness and for his prayer and for the fruit that God wants to bring in and through your life. O God of such truth as sweeps away all lies, of such grace as shrivels all excuses, come now to find us, for we have lost ourselves in a shuffle of disguises and in the rattle of empty words. We have been careless of our days, our loves, our gifts, our chances. Our prayer is to change, O God, not out of despair of self, but for the love of you and for the selves we long to become before we simply waste away. Let your mercy move in and through us now. Amen.
Thank you so much for your support of the Transforming Center and this podcast. If you have enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review the podcast in iTunes or wherever you listen. 